We have some breaking news as we welcome you into this 454th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris here on Saturday, recording on Saturday, February the 1st. Tomorrow's Groundhog Day. All right, tomorrow the Groundhog comes up and we'll find out if we have six more weeks of winter. Here in Calgary, we'll have six more weeks of winter regardless of the damn thing shows up or not. Um, But anyway, I'm just wondering where the hell did January go? Um, but the breaking news is um, it's been an unbelievably tumultuous week for the University of Wisconsin men's basketball program, and especially head coach Greg Gard, as one of the most heralded, heralded recruits that Gard has been able to commit to come to Wisconsin a couple years ago. A young man that um, was Mr. Basketball in the state of Wisconsin his senior year of high school. Uh, from Lacrosse Central, and his name is Kobe King, and uh, Kobe King left the program this week at Wisconsin, saying that there was conflict between him and and Coach Greg Gard, and that there's a problem throughout with some of the other uh, some of his other teammates on the current Wisconsin men's basketball team that are having a problem with the way that they're being handled by Greg Gard, and not only did did their leading second leading scorer Kobe King decide to leave the program on Wednesday? They also were notified on Wednesday that starting off guard Brad Davison had been suspended for one game from a game that happened last Monday, I believe, when Wisconsin was down in in Iowa City, Iowa, taking on the University of Iowa, and Brad Davidson got a one game suspension for unnecessary conduct or unnecessary contact to a Iowa players, let's just say, below the belt area. In his uh, manhood area, he got a shot in the nuts, and um, the Big Ten Conference deemed that that was excessive. Um, I don't know what that I mean. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. But regardless, Brad Davidson gets a one-game suspension. So basically, as Wisconsin was going into their game on Saturday against 14th-ranked and Big Ten-leading Michigan State, coached, of course, by Tom Izzo, um, Wisconsin was down basically two starters. So what do the Badgers do at the Kohl Center on Saturday? They took a big first-half lead. They had an unbelievable first half. They led at halftime 43-27, to and they hold on in the second half after Michigan State outscores Wisconsin 36-21 to in the second half. But the bottom line here is Wisconsin gets a much-needed win. It will really help their campaign to make the NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament. Wisconsin beats, and I think at this point, minus two starters and the 14th-ranked team in the country against an unranked team. It's an upset. Wisconsin upsets the 14th-ranked Michigan State Spartans, 64-63. to And, you know... A lot of things happen in sports, not just college basketball, but a lot of things happen in sports, and a lot of things are forgotten about. A lot of things are swept under that proverbial rug when you win. So the pressure on 
on Greg Gard this week has lessened probably tenfold with a big win over Michigan State, over Tom Izzo. And the funny thing is, when Wisconsin had a full roster, these two teams played two weeks ago in East Lansing, Michigan, and the Spartans kicked the shit out of the Badgers. So today, real retribution in Madison. Congratulations to the team. Um, this doesn't you know, take away all the ugliness. Kobe King isn't coming back. Brad Davidson will be able to play their next game, but still, for Wisconsin to pull this off after the week that they've had, um, unbelievable testament to the coaching staff and the players that, that are still around in Madison, Wisconsin, and congratulations to the unranked Badgers who pull the upset and get a much-needed victory, 64-63 over Michigan State. So congratulations to everybody in Badgerland today. A lot of things to talk about on this 454th episode of Unscripted. A um, couple of news and notes. Um, Chris and I, I don't think we've ever talked tennis here, and we're not going to start today. Well, a little bit. Uh, was it episode two where I talked about uh, Rafael Nadal? <laughs> I think it was episode two. I'm serious. Well, we must have talked in that episode with that, remember that that uh, ESPN, the magazine one where they had the countdown where they had Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. And, we and, talked about so that, there yeah. maybe twice. You know how I always do this for baseball season, and I will stay true to my word 14 days until pitchers and catchers report to spring training camps in Arizona and Florida, and we'll get to a baseball story in a minute. But this is for the eight people that care. The U.S. Open, the US Open men's final is tonight from down under. Do you care? That's the question I'm asking. I don't know who Jokovic is playing, but Jokovic is one of the finalists. I don't know who the other guy is. Jokovic, I do know, beat Roger Federer to make it to the final down in Australia, but I don't know who Jokovic is playing. But if you are interested, if you're not watching the NFL Awards show tonight, which will happen down from uh, Miami, and Steve Harvey is your host, so there shouldn't be any screw-ups there, right? Uh, <laughs> how, how in the hell do you do it two years in a row where you get at the... Miss World pageant or whatever, the beauty pageant, and you get the wrong contestant two years in a row. How do you do that? Wasn't it? Oh, I thought he, is that what he did? I know he got the wrong contestant one year, but then wasn't it that he said the wrong year for New Year's? Isn't no, that I the, thought he, I thought in that particular scenario, he got the wrong contestant two years oh, in a row. I'm not aware of that. Yeah. I, just, I know there was close together, he did the wrong contestant and he rang in the wrong New Year. Correct. Yeah. I know that, yeah. but I don't know. But in that, and he keeps getting, he keeps getting jobs. I, I well, when it comes to screwing up, there's your man. We're going to have a good one for you today. <laughs> I'm your man, Steve Harvey. We got a good one for you here today, folks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just get the name right, Steve. That's all you got to do. Um, I do want to start, though, as we welcome you into this 454th episode. Um, I have to admit, um, one of the most favorite favorite episodes that I've had with Chris um, and again, we're right in the middle now. We've just started taping our 454th episode. So Chris and I have been together a long time. One of my favorite episodes was when we, uh, just recently about our distaste, our mistrust, and pretty much our hate of the game of baseball and what they have done and the cheating scandal going on and still ongoing and again, as I just mentioned, we're only 14 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training in either Arizona or Florida. 
Um, we've had a general manager in Houston, Jeff Lunau, get canned. We've had three field managers that have some connectivity to this sign-stealing bullshit going on. The Astros fired their manager, A.J. Hinch. The Red Sox fired their manager, Alex Cora. And then the very last one to get fired, after 77 days on the job, Carlos Beltran gets fired in New York. The Astros have hired Dusty Baker on a one-year deal. The 70-year-old former manager of the San Francisco Giants, let's see, the San Francisco Giants, the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs, and the Washington Nationals, the uh, 70-year-old Baker gets a one-year deal, and then he has a option on a second year. Now, I have a question there right off the bat. Here's a good question. When you give a manager a one-year deal, usually a manager gets a three- or four-year deal. I'm wondering, and this is just my weird way of thinking, but I'm wondering if the Astros are thinking, okay, we'll give Baker the job for one year, can his ass, and bring A.J. Hinch back. I mean, what can be the thought process when you give an established manager only a one-year deal? I'm a little surprised by that. And that's something that's gone through my weird and wacky head is that the Astros ride Dusty Baker for this year. He's a good manager for this because this is going to be a shit show of a year for the Astros, folks. I don't care what anybody says. It's going to be a shit show. Any arena, any stadium that they go into, there's going to be cat calls. There's going to be Miller Lite bottles thrown at them. Whatever they're drinking, they're going to get thrown at. I mean, it's just going to be a shit show. For the Astros, the Red Sox, I'm telling you, and we said this, Chris and I were talking about this on that baseball episode. When the Red Sox visit Yankee Stadium this year, you better have armed security down both baselines because it's going to get messy. It's going to get messy. I swear to God, it's going to get messy. The Astros have hired Dusty Baker. Luis Rojas, whoever the hell he is, he's the new manager of the Mets. No new manager yet for the Red Sox. But I still want to see what you folks are thinking. And it's funny, I posted this on our Patreon page. I believe that the suspensions and the punishments should not be over yet. I believe that the Astros in 2017... And the Red Sox in 2018, I think both of those two teams should lose their World Series championships from those two seasons. You don't automatically give them to the Dodgers. The Dodgers won nothing. Dodgers should not. And the Dodgers don't want somebody else's hand-me-downs. I would not want somebody else's hand-me-downs. I think you just wipe out those two years. I think they'd take it. (laughs) Do you really? Yes, in a second. Do you really? 100%. I can't can't even make myself agree with you there. I'm trying. I couldn't. I I couldn't. I I think they would take it. They would laugh. I think they'd have two parades. I think it's a joke. I really do. And I'd be interested then knowing this. I think it's a joke that LA City Council got involved. How'd they get involved? The LA City Council got involved and they're petitioning Major League Baseball to make the Dodgers champions in 17 and 18. And I think that's wrong. I'm sorry. You didn't win the fucking tournament. You didn't win. You didn't win the World Series. You would have lost by default. And I don't think that carries weight. That is that is a paper champion. I don't I don't agree with that. That'd be like that'd be the guy that that got his ass kicked last week by Conor uh, Conor McGregor at UFC 246. That'd be like giving him the championship. And I don't think that uh, Cowboy Cerrone wants 
the hand-me-downs or the leftovers from Conor McGregor. And that's the way I look at it. I'm old school. I know. But I think that the 2017 and the 2018 World Series Championship should be just X'd out. Really? I think they would take in a second. I think they'd take the rings. I think they would have the parade, if not two parades. I think the fans would love it. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I right. agree with that. I get that. that. I get that. I'm just saying that I think, I don't think that the Dodgers players who were on those teams would say no to, oh, here, here's a Super Bowl title, or sorry, here's a World Series title and the ring to go with it, and or the rings if you're on both teams, and away you go. Now, the funny thing would be, imagine they give it to the Dodgers, and then it comes out that they were cheating too. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can just see it. Because here's the thing. I understand, okay, so Houston and Boston were screwing around, but are we sure that's it? I mean... Great point. You know... I know they took away all seven Tour de France titles from Lance Armstrong, but it's well known that everyone or almost everyone was cheating the same as he was. So to me, it's almost like, well, I mean, I, I guess they just made, did make them vacant. So they didn't give it to anyone else, which is the right thing to do there. But when it's so prevalent, when it's so rampant, when it's like the ba- the steroid era in baseball and everyone is on them, like, I know it's not an ideal situation. It sucks and there's no perfect solution maybe. But I don't know. Like, are we totally sure? So it was only Houston and only some guys on Houston. No other team figured this out. No other team wanted to do it. No other team then reported that these guys were doing it if they didn't want to do it themselves. I have a hard time believing that. So I don't know. But I'll tell you, if there's anyone on the Dodgers who was cheating and is also knowingly calling to be crown champion that's the biggest hypocrite in the world if you can find that guy but uh so who knows if the dodgers were cheating or not but yeah i think that i don't know the whole thing with vacating it uh it's it just sucks for me because i'm just like there's no perfect solution well but i'll take it one step further i don't think going all the way back then because of this scandal i don't i think the 1919 world series championship of the cincinnati reds should be vacated when they beat the Chicago White Sox and that Black Sox scandal yeah, okay. of 1919, I think that that year should be vacated. Um, and I really believe that the 17 and 18 should be vacated. And, and I think, you know, um, I, I may be living in a, in a dream world. Maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, maybe that I had a, a job to go to this week has softened my stance. I don't know. But um, I just... I, I wouldn't think as a competitor you would want to have somebody's hand-me-downs. I just, um, you know, you go back to that 17 World Series, um, the Dodgers had chances to win. The Dodgers probably would sit here when you've got Henley Jansen on the mound, no relation. Um, he's a big black guy, and I'm a little white guy, so no relation. But you've got your, you've got your closer on the hill, and uh, he couldn't finish it in Game 7. Um, so... I just, I don't know. I, I get your point. I understand it. But I think it's ludicrous. Ludicrous. L-U-D-I-C-R-O-U-S. I think it's stupid when you get the L.A. City Council involved. Screw you guys. You've got some important things involving the city of Los Angeles. It has nothing to do with the professional baseball team in Los Angeles. I think that's ridiculous. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Again, 14 days until pitchers and catchers report to spring training at a spring training camp near you. Things to talk about. You know, one of the things that uh, has really, really been 
a newsmaker this week. And part of it is the person that is involved with this, but I can't believe the discussion. I can't, it, hold on. It was supposed to be raining here today. It's snowing. Yeah, it's plus seven and snowing. How and is that possible? How is it plus seven? So people down in the States that don't know, plus seven Celsius, uh, add those two numbers up and then add 32. So seven and seven is 14. That's 46 degrees. It's 46 degrees Fahrenheit in Calgary right now, and it's snowing. This is a weird place. This is a weird place. Um, but anyway, getting back to my train of thought. It was supposed to be raining this afternoon, not snowing, folks. Um, getting back to what I was saying, I just lost my track of thought there, train of thought because of the snow here in Nirvana. Um, I just can't believe the traction that this tweet has gotten this week on a bunch of different social media avenues. But they're calling it this cryptic tweet that was sent out by Tom Brady earlier this week. It shows him at the end of a tunnel going into or out. I don't know if it's coming into the, into the tunnel or going out of the tunnel. I haven't taken that quick, that much of a serious look at it. I've certainly heard about it. I've heard some opinions that this cryptic tweet sent out by Tom Brady, did it mean about his career, his future career plans? Does his future career plans mean that he is walking off into the sunset, walking off into retirement? Or here's one that I really found funny, a tribute to Kobe Bryant. I mean, I didn't know that Tom Brady from the University of Michigan had a some kind of a connectivity to Kobe Bryant from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Lower Marion High School. Um, but I, I, I'm just... And kind of incredulous as to it, it, we just must be in total awe of Tom Brady after six Super Bowl championships. It seems weird to have a Super Bowl week and no Belichick and no Brady and no Edelman and no Gronkowski. It was funny to see Gronkowski yesterday on the media side of things. But did you take anything from this or just am I just fantasizing about something? I mean, I think we've made our position abundantly clear here on Unscripted that if Tom Brady suits up for anybody, which would be his 21st NFL season next year, it's going to be for the New England Patriots or nobody. But I guess maybe the question I'm asking is, do too many people have too much goddamn time on their hands? Well, they do. And you know who does have a lot of time on their hands? And I am glad you brought him up because I have been wanting to actually talk about this. And that is Rob Gronkowski. Have you seen how pathetic he is at trying to maintain some sort of relevance in the spotlight? Yes, I he, do. Doing yeah. anything he can. Yeah. Uh, you know, I to mean, keep just his name out there. Holy moly. I was in Sobeys the other day, which is a grocery store here, and they had a display of Monster Energy drinks. And one of them was they had a, a Gronk edition. I don't know if it's like. Gwyneth Paltrow's candle that smells like a vagina if the if it's like monster flavored like Gronk's jock or something but uh it just said Gronk on it so I'm like what is this this tastes like Tom Brady's dick or what is this <laughs> like is that is that what this or is Belichick yeah or Bel yeah so but I mean look look Rob nobody outside Boston cares about you I, I'm so I'm sorry I, agree. I I'm sure you're I'm sure you could 
go hang out at a bar in Boston and you'd they'd be buy gone. you drinks and they'd love you still. And I'm sure that'll be the case for a long time. Probably won't forget you anytime soon in Boston. But outside Boston, man, nobody cares. Nobody likes you. You're a big, dumb jock who got to, you know, play on a great team. And that's awesome. And nobody cares. And he's like, speaking of Steve Harvey, there was that, was that New Year's where he was on with Steve Harvey and he took a, what was it, a trophy or something? And he like spiked yes. it, like, yeah, you yeah. know, to stay that's relevant. Right. Yeah. And, you know, now he's got a monster drink and he's appearing, like giving his thoughts on things and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, nobody cares what you think, man. <laughs> like, honestly, holy shit. So, yeah, it's, it's just sad uh, watching him try to stay in the limelight. Just anything to... To say he's just a complete fame whore, and it's really getting embarrassing. It's going to get worse. You watch. I got a couple of notes here. Um, again, we are just, uh, if you are just joining us on this 454th episode of Unscripted, um, and as we're broadcasting here on Saturday, February the 1st, in a now snowy Calgary, it was supposed to be raining again, and it's, <laughs> what a weird place weather-wise. Um a couple of notes that um, made uh, my ears perk up. First one was a good one. The second one is, we've heard it before and I don't give a damn anymore, but it's news. The first one is is that Alex Smith, remember him? Uh, the number one overall pick of the 2005 draft of the San Francisco 49ers. And um, obviously, a lot of Green Bay Packer fans are happy that Alex Smith went first in 2005, allowing the Packers to take Aaron Rodgers at number 24 uh, of that draft year. But Alex Smith, of course, a couple years ago had an unbelievably horrific uh, leg, knee, lower leg uh, injury in a game. Um, and it was really, uh, I did not know the extent of the injuries until I heard Smith's interview the other day down on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Um, Alex Smith spent this last year in the owner's box with Daniel Schneider watching Washington Redskins games. And now it is coming out, the news is coming out that Alex Smith is going to try and make a comeback this year, which I'm very happy to see. Washington Redskins fans, all seven of you should be happy to see. Um, but I never realized the extent of these injuries to the point that they were talking about amputation on that leg. Yeah, it was really bad. And it was almost so bad that it was close to a life or death situation because of the infections that got in there, got into that leg because of the compound fracture and the puncturing of his lower leg with his fibia or tibia or something. But um, I just was very happy to hear Alex Smith is on the road to recovery. Alex Smith is looking forward to getting out and competing again and playing in the National Football League, considering that he was looking, again, not to sound repetitive, but he was looking at potential amputation. And as a, obviously, as a worst-case scenario, if they couldn't have maintained or couldn't have controlled, is a better word, those um, infections that got into that lower right leg, um, there was a possibility that Alex Smith may have gone, may have passed. And I just want to send congratulations to Alex Smith for, you know, staying the course and getting through an unbelievable, what, two years now of rehabilitation. And um, all credit to him. And, you know, not a huge Alex Smith fan. Don't really know that much about him. Um, you know, he was the guy that was supplanted in San Francisco by Colin Kaepernick. Then he went to Kansas City. 
He got supplanted in Kansas City by a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Then he gets traded to Washington, and he has this horrific leg injury that's now cost him two seasons. You want to cheer for guys like him. You really do. And I hope nothing but the best for Alex Smith. If he doesn't make it back, the best thing about all of this is he will be able to walk with his kids again. He will be able to have a normal life again. And if he gets to play in the National Football League again, I'm very happy for him, and I think that's just icing on top of the cake. But this seems to be a really good guy that has had an unbelievable career in regard to you know, being supplanted by Kaepernick in San Francisco, being supplanted by Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and then ultimately this horrific injury in Washington. Um, this is a good guy that hopefully some good stuff is happening to him in his really immediate future. Yeah, I'm happy for Alex Smith. There's nothing wrong with him as a guy. Uh, he was just put into a tough situation in San Fran and never really got uh, a really good uh, situation, I think, to really thrive. I mean, I think he had five different OCs in his first Correct. five years. Yeah. and yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe if Aaron Rodgers had been taken first overall, maybe he wouldn't be as good as he is today. Would That's a great point because Mike Singletary is the coach in San Francisco oh. at the time, and we know what kind of uh, yeah, what oh, kind he, of quarterback he would. I mean, what kind of oh. coach that, it you know, for a quarterback to work with him as a head coach would be difficult, to say the least. Mike Singletary just creeps me out. Like, yeah. I just don't want to be near him. He just, <laughs> I just, no, please go away. Like, he just, something, something's wrong with that guy. He reminds me of uh, the original Isaiah Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they've got that. They'll get, they get the crazy eyes and they look yes. at you and they look like they want to kill you. And it's just like I just oh, boy, I don't know. Yeah, it just creeps me out. But anyway, yeah. And then he wouldn't have had Favre as a mentor and everything. So maybe Aaron Rodgers uh, isn't as, as good if this happens. And maybe Alex Smith goes to Green Bay and turns out to be a great quarterback. Who knows? But anyway, uh, all the best, Alex Smith. I know it was really bad. I think they did a documentary and followed his recovery and everything that will probably come out at some point, I believe. Yeah, if I was him, I'd probably stay away from football and just focus on having a nice life. Yeah, I, I think that I think that as well. And uh, the other part of these NFL news and notes coming from Radio Row down at the Super Bowl this week, our favorite whipping boy, Antonio Brown, made the headlines again. And I'm so tired of this guy. I just wish he'd shrivel up and go away like a leaf, but he doesn't. He just he's like a cockroach at the end of a of a uh, you know. Uh, if we, what was that that I heard one time that if we had a nuclear exposure explosion, the only thing that would survive is a cockroach and Antonio Brown. Um, I'm tired of Antonio Brown. Speaking of him, have you seen that? Uh, I haven't seen the interview itself, but you see, he was interviewed by Josina Anderson now. Yes. And you see, he, and he, I like how he acts like he acts like he's been in hiding for five years and we've never heard mm -hmm. anything. And he's just come out and he's like this new guy. He's been on friggin' Buddhist retreats or something. <laughs> he was doing weird shit like a week ago or two weeks oh, yeah. ago or three weeks or whatever yeah. it was like, yeah. what? Well, now he says from what? that interview, an interview that I saw this week that he owes an apology to the entire NFL. Yeah. And he made some bad choices yeah in the past as if it was a long time right it was last week it's like what the fuck are you talking and he shows up dressed like a spaceman as well like like dude like come out dress normally respectfully be like look i've you know i first of all you should wait longer 
first of all. Secondly, I mean, dress appropriately and be like, you know, really contrite. And then you have to really maintain that for a while because the next time he does something stupid, and he will, will. it completely undermines and erases whatever he's doing this week, trying to look whatever. Man, if anyone falls for this shit, they're just a moron. And so I don't know. I can't believe he's doing this already. He, He must have actually seen like, oh, Drew Rosenhaus wouldn't re- wouldn't represent me. Yeah, and I told him to eat a bag of dicks <laughs> sent to him in the mail. Uh, but I, honestly, I, I think Antonio Brown is beyond help. There's something clearly extremely wrong well, with him, and there's no way you can trust him ever again. In my opinion, and I'd like to say this is the last time we'll talk about Antonio Brown, but I have a feeling he'll do something stupid next week, and he'll find himself right smack dab in the middle of the headlines again. But I think before he issues an apology to the National Football League and to anybody else that he owes an apology to, I think he needs an extended stay under some rehab conditions and figure out just what the hell's going on with this guy and get your legal fi- your legal things taken care of. Um, you know, he uh, uh, turned himself in to Miami police last week. Um, because of this, this ongoing stuff that he's got going on with a moving company that moved his stuff from, from California to Florida, and then he didn't pay for it. And I mean, he's, he's just gone off the deep end. And I don't think in the state of mind that he's in right now, it would be a heartfelt, sincere apology. I think he needs some real long-term health help and some rehabilitation and some counseling. And at once he gets through those hurdles and gets his legal matters taken care of, I mean, he still hasn't settled with this Brittany Taylor lady yet. Mm-hmm. When you get these things taken care of and you've had some rehabilitation and you've gotten some counseling and somebody's a certified doctor that has a real medical license to practice medicine, signs off and says, this guy's in a better state than he was six months or a year ago, then you allow him to have his heartfelt apology to the National Football League, but not before, because right now all he is just doing is really really disrespectful. I don't believe it would be heartfelt. I don't believe it would be sincere. And all he's still trying to do, he still believes that he's going to play next year in the National Football League. And I think there's a better chance of Chris or I playing in the National Football League next year than Antonio Brown. I really believe that. Yeah, he's just, he's a lost cause. I mean, he's he did too much in too short a time. And it was ridiculous. I mean, to just, and it didn't make sense, like to just scorched earth. Okay, so you, okay, so you want to get rid of the Steelers and then you don't like the Raiders either. And then you love the Patriots, but then you get in trouble for allegedly raping women. And then or some version of sexual assault, and then you, you know, criticize everyone, everything, and you ruin your representation. And then after Brady already has lost a step and the Patriots say they'll never take you back, you say you only want to play with Brady. <laughs> like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's just a lunatic. And and I know it, it's sudden in terms of him too, though. I mean, for so long, he's just been this, oh, like, you're the oh, yeah. greatest receiver in the world and you can have infinite money whenever you want it. And so then all of a sudden that's gone. So it's sudden for him too. And uh, I don't know. I think something was... I, I think he really uh, had something happen, some sort of brain damage when Burfecht hit him the last time. I, I think ever since then it's been... Because, again, for a long time... I know some people have argued with me on this, but 
I watched Antonio Brown for a long time. I don't remember him talking much. I don't remember him being loud. I don't remember him being crazy. He just went about his business and and was just the top receiver in the league every year. And something's changed now. And uh, I hope he gets help, but I don't think we know enough about the brain about the brain that we can actually truly help Antonio Brown. I think all we can do is try to, you know, keep him from hurting himself and others at this point because clearly there's something wrong and he has to get reined in eventually because he's just running around I guess, and nobody wants to be associated with him, so he's just running around free, a complete lunatic. So uh, we need to try and help him. But, I mean, the thought of playing football, we're way past that. He's clearly damaged forever. I couldn't agree more, and that was uh, uh, some great points that you just brought up. Um, We've got to run on this uh, 454th episode of Unscripted. Freeform Friday is next as we put a wrap on this week's shows here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. As always, we like to thank everybody for being a part of our little program, listening to us babble on week in and week out. We truly appreciate it and hope that you continue to do so. Having said that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.